Hello and welcome to another episode of Ara City Radio podcast, the podcast that takes place in a bar, restaurant, sometimes my living room, generally anywhere other than a studio. This is episode number 18 and I'm Marina Lai and with me is Elliot Darby. Hello. So it's just the two of us today and uh, we've got quite a few topics to get through, haven't we? Yeah, we have actually. Um, yeah, we're in a lovely cafe though, aren't yes, we? Yes, we are in a lovely cafe. Before I forget, we are in Bloom, which is is a cafe in uh, the Gare in Luxembourg and uh, it's very very lovely here we've just had a piece of rum and vanilla cake after Elliot spilled his entire latte across the table <laughs> it was smudging a scene out of a war movie honestly oh I was sitting here doing my notes for the show minding my own business next thing you know the table is covered in latte um, it went everywhere I'm so sorry for your uh, laptop case and stuff and my cables. And your cables. And and your cake. And my cake did get soaked in and coffee. And my mic stand. It. And my and phone. <laughs> <laughs> but they it's were really, really annoying nice. because it went in the direction of you. Yes, thank you. It actually didn't really touch any of my stuff. Apart when you from my cake. spill things, you're meant to spill it on yourself, not yeah, on the I person know. opposite you. Absolute nightmare. I feel like we're quite a clumsy duo. It's like the other day in the studio, you need tripped like, over. Oh my god, that was awful. My lead. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will say they were really, really lovely about they were so it. They nice. replaced your coffee, which, yeah, which they didn't so need to generous. Do. I was yeah. like halfway through the original as well. So. Oh, so you did that on purpose. And they <laughs> rushed over and rescued your coffee drowned cake as well. Yeah. So they were they were really nice. So come down to Bloom just for that because they're lovely people down here yeah and their food and drink are delicious okay it's true we have you've got a topic for us to start with haven't you yeah so this has been in the news quite well it's been widely covered and Mm. you guess who's had a had a say in it good old Piers Morgan I think I think not us but I think people give Piers Morgan so much airtime I know and yeah. that's why he will keep going and being such an absolute well, the thing troll. is when, when he's making headlines like that is just that's just you know giving him more encouragement to carry yeah. on doing what he's doing is it bad that I think deep down he's not a bad person you know what I don't either I, I, think, I think a lot reason, of it is an act I don't dislike him the way I dislike other people who yeah. are in that position like there's another one what's her name Kate something Kate Kate Garraway. No, 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 no. Her name... Oh, she's, oh, she's, she's not... a troll. She's like Kate... Oh, well, she's a news presenter. Um... Oh, Kate Hopkins. Katie Hopkins. Yes, Katie yes, Hopkins. Yes, yeah. So her, she, she says one thing, and I'm just like arts, off yeah. on her. Yeah. But with Piers Morgan, for some reason, he remains, like, reasonably okay. He's like yeah. the dad that, like, always says the wrong thing. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't, like... I, I genuinely think sometimes he just does it for the headline. You know what I mean? He does it to yeah. be a bit controversial. He, he's not. Yeah. He's not. Um, I, I don't think he's dangerous with his views. Whereas Katie Hopkins no. is because she's quite extreme. I think one of the things really, that Piers she? Morgan said in the news this week, sorry, very quickly before your one, is that um, you know Little Mix put out an album cover and they're naked. Oh yeah. And but the the album or the song that they were pr- promoting is called Strip. And it's about how hurtful people's words can be. And then it's got like, they've written on their bodies, like the word like slut and fat and um, other horrible things that people have said about them. They've written it all over their bodies and they're naked. And basically they're embracing their bodies and they're saying, you know, 
like these are words and we can overcome them and you know people don't need to be vulnerable it was sending a really positive message out there and obviously Piers Morgan has to weigh in and say when are women gonna realize that you don't have to like take your clothes off to sell records but the point that wasn't the point that they were trying to make Mm. they weren't trying to take their clothes off to sell records Um, but it's just that he's got to weigh in on everything and people were saying like step back and stop attacking young 20 something year old girls who are just trying to make a living Um, but I don't know what were you about to say about him um, so he he made a comment on this. Yeah, I, I I think I just agree with you. Like, like, like I really agree with you on that. It's, it's, I don't know why he feels the need to like bring, especially like young women down. Because I think Ariana Grande um, yes, then responded on Twitter to it. Yeah. And yeah, I, I I don't I don't understand it because all Little Mix are doing they're just trying to raise quite a common issue. Yeah. The the women do face um, a lot of lot of abuse like that over social media and in particular yeah um but this is this sort of um this story um is about david beckham he's had to defend himself um after he uh, uh, posted a photo of him kissing his daughter harper on the lips i've seen this photo it's really sweet it's really sweet yeah it's on their um, instagram if you want to look at it yeah go and have a look um and apparently some of his followers responded to it and and said it was very inappropriate and um, in a discussion on Facebook Live, God. apparently he said that he he is very affectionate with his kids because that was how he was brought up. So I, I just really don't understand the issue with, yeah. again, like, imagine, uh, this is the problem I have. Imagine a mother yeah. kissing her son on the lips True. or her daughter on the lips. It True. would not be an issue. I don't know. I do you not think that they would it would have had the same backlash if Victoria kissed one of the sons on the lips? Do you, honestly, oh, do you think it would have been fine? I think it would have been fine. Okay, fair I would, enough. It would I'm have not been, sure, it would but have been fine. maybe you're right. I, I've got a feeling that people are just twisted and they're just going to twist anything. Yeah. I don't know if it is because he is the dad, um, but I've just looked up on the internet quickly. Harper is only seven. Yeah, I know. Like there's, why? There's absolutely. Why make it something so sick and horrible when it's not? Yeah, exactly. It's and a it, it's shame. Just, it's, it's just a kiss. I mean, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And he said, I actually got um, criticised for kissing my daughter on the lips the other day. I kiss all my kids on the lips. Like, so it's just. I, I don't. It see may not be what you do at home. Yeah, exactly. But, but if he was, don't criticise yeah. them for that. You know. But I, I like the thing, problem is I do not when I eventually have kids I do not want to be scared to kiss my yeah. own son or daughter in public yeah. because of what what the outcry might be. Yeah, but you people might I mean? be like, oh my God, look at that weird dad kissing his yeah, daughter. Yeah. It does, it's not right. It's and it definitely didn't even cross their minds. It was just a really lovely picture. Otherwise, he wouldn't even have posted it if he yeah. thought there was something wrong with it. And now here are all these people making him feel bad about it, making him feel that it's not normal. Yeah. Um, I remember at school, one of the things we spoke about was nudity at home mm. with parents. And the thing is, again, I will say it again, it is what goes on in your own home. It, yeah. Everyone's got their different ways. And I'm not saying that there is a right or wrong. I'm just saying that at the time, one of the girls in my class said that her family, they walk around naked around each other. Right. So just before they get in the shower, like, like, for example, his dad, you're like grimacing at this thought. Are you, are you, I see that. You're, now you're a bit freaked for out, For me, that you? crosses a line, it well, does. Let me give you the example that she explained. She said that 
like for example her dad gets home from work and he's started running the bath right well he actually you know will be like oh I forgot my newspaper and he'll pop downstairs and then he'll make a cup of tea what if it's just like flopping around (laughs) (laughs) you have to use that term (laughs) flopping around um, and then my friend was saying that for her it was so normal and she would do the same. You know, like she didn't have any clean knickers in her drawer. So she just got out of the shower and she was like, oh God, I haven't got any clean pants. Runs down the stairs, was like looking through the laundry basket and stuff for her underwear. And I was saying, you know, I grew up in a different household where my mum was like, you're always dressed. When you leave the bedroom, you're always dressed. You know, yeah. I don't, know what, don't care what you do in your bedroom, but you, when you leave the bedroom, you're always dressed. And so my parents were as well. Um, but I think, again, it's like each to their own. I think that the problem is we make everything like a bit sick yeah. for some reason. Yeah, I know. And I think this is, this is the thing. A lot of people are saying that, you know, like um, they're bringing up horrific allegations and all this sort of stuff saying it's like paedophilia and stuff like that it's not at all like it's just kissing your daughter yeah. on the lips you know what I mean yeah. it's, I, and it's not like it's just it's like you said you've seen the photo it's just sweet isn't it you yeah. know what I mean and also I think the other thing is like it stops us from recognising actual paedophilia it's like yeah, don't exactly. throw around these really you, yeah, exactly. serious words because it diminishes from the meaning of those and words I, I just think if you look at that photo and you, you're automatically thinking that then you need to maybe look at your own life you know yeah. what I mean because I, I, I just don't I really don't understand it um, and even like he said he said yeah Brooklyn maybe not Brooklyn's 18 he might find that a little bit strange because you, you would find that a bit strange like being a teenager you know when you become a teenager you're like oh like, get off me sort of thing yeah um, but that's more that's more just a bit like bashful isn't it like, yeah. a bit when you start to become a bit of an adult and you're like oh get off me but um, yeah and he says we want to show our kids a love um, and we protect them, look after them, and support them, and we're very affectionate with them. But one doctor previously has provoked anger after suggesting that parents should not kiss their child on the lips because it could be confusing. I, For goodness sake. Oh, like. my God. I don't think that's confusing. I think perhaps the nudity at home to that extent that I just described could be considered confusing because... Then you're not really that sure could, yeah. when and your I, naked I think body is it's, it's sacred. It's actually very important to teach your kids about when it's appropriate and not appropriate to to be dressed and, and be undressed. undressed yeah. Because if it's okay in the house, mm-hmm. is it okay around then a friend's house, yes. or is it then okay? Yes. You know, Agreed. around school or something yes. like that. You know what it's I mean? It's so true because I suppose that's the thing that I hadn't really thought of. For that friend, she would have gone to a friend's house yeah. and probably done the same, thinking, well, you know, they're your parents, exactly. it must be fine. Yeah. Um, so there, it's true, there does need to be some sort of awareness. Um, but I'm interested in why they think that, that we're so basic that we can't differentiate between a kiss from our parents and a kiss from... a say a partner because yeah. is that what they're saying that, that we're going to get confused right, yeah I don't, I don't really understand so this is what she, she said it's a Dr Charlotte Resnick um, who is a child and educational psych, um, psychologist mm. at, at Californian University UCLA she said if you start kissing your kids on the lips when do you stop it gets very confusing when, when, when do you stop <sighs> I never did that with my parents. It mm. was always on the cheek. Yeah, yeah. This is the thing. For like, me. Like, for me, like, it always has been. On, really the, on cheek. the cheek. Really. Yeah. And then, like, I, you know, I, I don't know. But I just don't... I, I do think with younger kids, I think it's all right. I like, remember I used to kiss my sister on the lips when she was a baby. Yeah. And then, like, when we got to about... 
I don't know, when she was about five or six, then it would just stop and I would kiss her on the cheek. You it's know? Just, yeah, it's just one of those things that naturally But then stops saying it, that, she's seven. She's seven. Yeah. Like, do you, and he, he's saying that he still kisses all his kids on the lips. Yeah. And they're all 14, 18, etc. Yeah, yeah. So are we basically saying the same thing as the doctor is saying <laughs> that it shouldn't happen? It is, it's, it's confusing, Also, like, it? how do you differentiate between um, a kiss from a parent and that whole nudity thing? Why is, like, one okay and the other one isn't? Yeah, that's true. And then what age should be the cutoff when this kissing thing needs to stop? It's really difficult. The thing is, like, yeah, but I think... Like, we always get into these conversations where we start to change our minds, do. don't I, we? I'm not changing my mind okay. on this one, really. No, neither. I saw um, the picture and I think it's... Yeah, no, there's, there's two photos, lovely. actually. There's one of David Beckham kissing uh, his daughter and then there's one of Victoria Beckham that she posted a while back kissing her daughter. And it's, it's well worth noticing that there wasn't any backlash when she, okay. when she kissed her daughter on the lips. Okay. Um, so it is very much a father-daughter issue. They've yeah, got an and, issue and you can with see the, the kiss. It literally is just like a peck on the lips. It's nothing. There's nothing like it's such sinister a sweet moment about it. That yeah. has been made to be so dark. Exactly. So um, yeah. So personally, I I just think it's unwarranted. Um, yeah. The the amount of I would say I would call it probably abuse, but like or maybe negative comments. Yeah. Um, Backlash. Yeah. So. But yeah, no, it's, it's quite it's quite an interesting um, it's quite an interesting debate. Speaking of, um, I thought that that could lead us nicely onto our topic about unbiased consciousness. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, because you know the fact that people have a problem with fathers and daughters doing it, but not a problem with mothers and daughters, implies that there is a kind of biasness um, between fathers and daughters. So, I'm going to ask you a question, Elliot, okay. and you. Can let me know okay right um let me know what you think is the answer so a father and son um get into a car accident the father dies right the son lives the son goes to hospital and the surgeon says i can't operate this boy this boy is my son what's their connection say that again i <laughs> i don't like riddles <laughs> Okay, don't think of it as a riddle. Just oh, okay. clear your head of everything we've spoken about. Yeah. Okay, so think of, think of a blue sky with, with white clouds, just to clear your okay. head. Okay, we're all clear now. Um, now just imagine the situation. There is a father and a son. Okay. They get into a car accident. The father dies. The son lives. The son goes to hospital. The surgeon says, I can't operate this boy. This boy is my son. What's the connection between the surgeon and the boy? father and son but the father died but I, but father and son could that be the surgeon's father that died could, say that again could that be the surgeon so because you said there's a father and son that okay. are in a car accident yeah and then the son survives the father yeah. dies but then at the hospital yeah. the surgeon says he can't operate on the son because he's his father essentially okay that's wrong okay. but you can guess again okay do you so want to hear it again just just yeah okay yeah <laughs> do you want to hear it again yeah i do yeah particularly the last bit i'm gonna okay. listen very carefully to the last bit okay there's a father and a son and they get into a car accident the father dies the son lives son goes to hospital and the surgeon says i can't operate on this boy this boy is my son what's the connection between the surgeon and the boy this, so he's literally the surgeon has said 
this son. I can't operate on this boy. This boy is my son. Because that is a policy. You can't, you usually can't operate on family members. Because then it does sound like he's definitely, they're definitely father and son. Is that bit correct? Hear it again. There's a father and a son. They get into a car accident. The father dies. The son lives. Son goes to hospital. The surgeon says, I can't operate on this boy. This boy is my son. What's the connection but between the, the father's died and the son? Do you give up? Yes, and I'm going to be really annoyed. You're going to be so annoyed about this. And <sighs> I know right, this is Right, one more gonna... time. Go through it. One more time. Okay, okay. here we go. It's getting a bit louder in here. I'm going to cover my ears too so I can concentrate. <laughs> There's a father and a son who get into a car accident. The father dies, but the son lives. He survives. The son goes to hospital. The surgeon says, I can't operate on this boy. This boy is my son. What's the connection between the surgeon and the boy? Oh, wow. Um, You're going to kick yourself. Yeah, just tell me the answer. I'll, I'll be here for hours trying to work this out. It's so simple. The surgeon's the mum. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And this actually is so perfect for this topic. This, wow. And there you go. That is an example. Wow. So, so obviously, I struggled with that. Is that quite common for a lot of people to struggle to work that out? I think it's, it is common. Um, it's so common that people have training in their workplace yeah. to correct this, or at least to make them more aware of this as well. Yeah. And it's really important, no matter how big or how small your company is, you should be going through this kind of training because it just helps you to understand where you might be sidetracked or going wrong. You might not even have been aware that you have unconscious bias. I think this is the thing. Like Even when we, um, when we pulled up to park for today... Yeah. I remember that there was a we were you you were going to park. There was an Audi coming out, and I yeah. said, "Oh no, I think he's coming out." How do I know no, that, that that person so, is a yeah. guy? Why, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Why did I go for that rather than yeah. say, "Oh, I think they're coming out," or yeah, or even true. I think she's coming out, yeah. or whatever. And also, almost I would say eight out of ten times when I talk to my friends about my boss, who I've never spoken um, to about, they will say, "Oh, does he do this?" Oh, and. I always have to say, well, no, my boss is a woman. They're like, oh, oh my God, sorry. You know, so that in itself is also unconscious yeah. biasness. We're not really aware. And a lot of this comes from just what society has done to us. You know, it's through through the environment that we've lived in and things that we've seen and things that we've heard other people say. Um, but it, it's not that it can't be undone, but it takes effort to undo it. And companies need to start taking more responsibility for this for their employees so that they don't have situations where people are treating each other unfairly or hiring people unfairly so how, how can employers help that by raising awareness for like giving more examples of this so now that i've given you that example you'll probably mu- oh, be much yeah. more aware of it you this know. is the thing i think like you shouldn't feel bad for having unconscious bias because I, it's it's clearly like just just from that and just from me sort of bringing up the uh, the person that was driving out of the parking space. Yeah. It, clearly, it probably happens to a lot of people in daily life that yeah. they just do it without even noticing, like you, like like the name suggests. Um, but actually, you shouldn't feel bad about it. But you should recognize if you recognize it. 
after listening to us for example if you recognize that maybe you do that yeah then try and change it and try and do something about yeah. it yeah so now like now you've brought this up i will try and consciously think about what i'm saying mm-hmm. before you know before i think there are so many occupations which in particular make us think that that is we assume like a truck driver for example if i say yeah. picture a truck driver yeah, going into petrol station you know you're not or picturing a builder, yeah or, yeah you're not you picturing know. a woman are you you're no. picturing a man exactly even like a like a what i love about luxembourg is it's on the buses there's a huge number of female drivers a huge yeah, number true. which is fantastic and you don't yeah. see that much in the uk yeah and but but it's even things like like a train driver i would think i'd probably would say he but yeah. actually you know in luxembourg if there's loads of women bus drivers then why there might be loads of women train drivers you never see them because they're in their cabins aren't they yeah but it's it's and i think what we're speaking about is only a very very surface level of unconscious biasness that's yeah. almost superficial that's just the initial first impression the first judgment when you hear surgeon when you hear truck driver bus driver train driver but i think that it goes deeper than that yeah. you know when you interview someone for a job maybe if they show up wearing i don't know clothes that, like ripped jeans and and they've got piercings everywhere or they're covered in tattoos you're going to think that they're less serious than the person who comes in in a suit, um, man or woman, you know. So I think that that's why we need to dig deeper because I think it goes beyond labels. It also is a judgment that happens when you're hiring people, when you're working with people, when you're choosing someone to work with. uh, And I'm pretty sure it happens when you choose someone to date as well, even something as personal as that. But I will give you another example, um, especially when it comes to hiring someone. So a manager has a high profile urban project that needs a qualified project manager to get the job done and uses common sense, quote unquote, to select an African-American project manager. When asked about the decision, the manager states that his choice is a great fit and speaks the language. So this isn't overly racist and it's simply an assumption that because this person is African-American, he must be more familiar with the urban environment and the issues the community faces. The reality may be that the African-American project manager grew up in the suburbs, went to a private school abroad, played polo, has no experience living in an urban community. He may or may not be the best project manager for the job, but the choice could have easily been based on an invalid assumption, completely unrelated to the requirements of the project. I think this is what this is what I was meaning by that by that by what I was just saying. So it can be in a in a, in a way that's advantageous. So, so, so for example, if you're putting out a job um, that is uh, targeted for um, an ethnic minority, for example, mm. and then you're hiring that person, but your unconscious bias is assuming because they're an ethnic minority that they've come from a poor background, mm. and actually then you're doing that interview, and it turns out they've actually come from a very yeah. wealthy background. Yeah, that's an example co- of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? so yeah so yeah I don't know or like for example if you were looking for if you were the manager of a hotel and you were hiring someone um, that you wanted you want if you had been briefed by your bosses Elliot you need to find someone who's really international and uh, who's going to really connect with all our global um, customers and then as soon as you see an Asian person coming for the interview you might be like that's the person she's so international but maybe there's nothing international about her maybe she was born and bred here in Luxembourg and never even left the country once before but the fact that she looks different has told you 
that that is that might be a benefit so yeah. but it can so beyond race and beyond gender there's another interesting one which can also happen so um, YouTube launched the video upload feature for their app and five to ten percent of videos were uploaded upside down and Google developers were baffled could such a large percentage of users be shooting their videos incorrectly incorrectly was the key word Google engineers had inadvertently designed the app for right-handed users they never considered the fact that phones are usually rotated rotated 180 degrees when held in a user's left hand so with the help of unconscious bias Google had created an app that worked best for right-handed users and never addressed the possibility of a left-handed user Isn't that interesting yeah absolutely and that's something as big as Google so yeah. if you think that your company does not need it you couldn't be more wrong every company needs it every person needs this awareness and uh, I actually wish that we could do a course like this yeah because it's my friend who did a training course at her work and she said it really was you know eye-opening for everyone not just I think for her it, but it, everyone it, like because I'm I'm pretty bad at explaining stuff today but I think that's what I mean like the debate has been so much about conscious bias and actually unconscious bias is nearly as much of an issue mm. um, well obviously maybe not so much because obviously like things like racism are, are horrific and have to be tackled but then if you're unconsciously being perhaps a little bit racist like like for example you said um, you gave that example of the interviewee right mm. or the interviewee then I think, like you say, training needs to be done because we, I think we need, to, we need to just at least recognise that it's part of everyday life, that we're all just a little bit un- unconsciously biased, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I completely agree with you. I think it's, it's a very good idea to, to have it in the workplace and um, just so that we can all really recognise it because, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Um, robots that can help us cook an entire burger. Yes, so how much lazier are we going to get? So <laughs> this is a, a robotic chef that can make you a gourmet burger every 30 seconds. So every 30, 30 seconds, seconds. yeah. Wow, that's They've quick. created um, food cooking robots that can grill meat, slice tomatoes, stir fry vegetables, and even stretch pizza dough <laughs> faster than you can get fast food. But would you trust a chef who has never tasted the food it creates? So it's basically an algorithm that's been set up where it can cook all these different things. The robot has 350 sensors. 50 actuators and 20 computers all condensed into one robot it's got 11 thermal sensors so that's why it can cook anything from a pizza to a burger to spaghetti um, to a salad so it's it's very very precise um, and it's apparently going to replace um, chefs in a lot of fast food chains really because you would only need one it would be quite cool to watch versus 25 chefs flipping burgers crazy isn't it and and actually i would imagine it's probably more consistent like the quality is more consistent having a robot that is doing the same procedure and over and over again whereas usually you could have human error you could leave a burger on um 10 seconds too long and it becomes medium instead of medium rare or whatever um however you'd like your burgers (laughs) um you know so in that respect like like you said you don't know 
you know people don't like obviously robots can't taste their own food but if the human gets the recipe right yeah then as long as that robot keeps on doing it it's going to be the same taste essentially isn't it yeah um what i do think is maybe you know um we had the Christmas market episode last week and yeah. talked about your Christmas dinner. Maybe you need one of these robots. I know. I was going to say, <laughs> how handy would that actually be? Yeah, I know. Um, the thing is, I think cooking, uh, along with, I don't know, art, poetry, what we do, um, it cannot really ever be replaced by AI or robots. This because is the thing. It yeah. needs that. You need to be tasting food as you're cooking. Even... Let me give you an example. I stopped eating beef about a year or two years ago. And I told you that this year I'm so, so nervous to cook beef for my Christmas dinner because I can't taste it. And how am I supposed to make a good serving of beef if I can't even taste, you know, the flavors? So even I'm nervous to do it. It's one of these things. They they obviously, they're, they're doing what has been inputted by the user, so so the human chef. But there's no way they can innovate with um, ingredients. There's no way they can make, design new meals. Because, yeah, like you say, the most important thing about cooking is being able to taste if it's nice. Otherwise, why why are you cooking? You know what I mean? If we couldn't taste, then we'd all just live off rice and beans. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, so I I don't know. I, um, I think it's very innovative in terms of um, you know, making the process of cooking fast food quicker. Yeah. It's a shame, I think, probably means that there'll be less people needed to be employed. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they say that because there's always this debate about whether uh, humans are being overtaken by robots and losing their jobs to robots. But actually, those the, ro- the, ro- the robot sort of um, industry is opening up loads of new jobs yeah. because um, you know at the end of the day they need engineers and you know people to come out and fix the robots when they're, when they're dead and all this sort of stuff but obviously it's you know um, sort of I don't know there, there's a debate of uh, one day these sort of um, I don't know how to call them what would, what would you what would you call them without being insulting but the jobs like working at a supermarket or working at a fast food Blue restaurant. collar jobs. Like yeah. Service industry. Exactly. Yeah, service. I don't think they're going to exist in, in 20 years' time. I don't know. I or Maybe this is really hopeful of me, but I think that what happens is that there's a massive dip and then it comes back. So what makes me say that is bookshops were in decline as soon as Kindles and e-readers came out. But now bookshops are actually one of the few retail industries thriving. Yeah. So coffee shops and bookshops and... Same with... Um, it's, it's obviously not quite on the lines of shops and stuff, but vinyl vinyl used yeah. to it went out of date exactly. Spotify came along exactly. and then vinyl now is really popular yeah, again people are now rejecting the ideas of reading a book off their iPad yeah. and like you say I think I think maybe the big supermarkets might adopt this robotic approach in the future but yeah. then maybe it will mean the rise of a lot of independent shops yeah. so. I did have a thought the other day if shops are trying to encourage us to go to the shops more yeah. what could they do because let me give you an example. I think I might have said this in one of the much earlier podcasts, but I bought a gift for Matthias. He didn't like it, and he said, um, it's a lot of money, I'd rather not have it. And I, I actually prefer that, because I don't like when people keep gifts that they don't actually like, because it, yeah. it, it's a waste of money. So I went to, to the shop and said, can I re- return it? And they said, no, it's um, no refunds. 
and I said well but I only bought it two days ago and they said unfortunately we don't do refunds in the store so then I called up the head office and the head of by the way the company was Mont Blanc I called okay. up the office and the office said uh, yeah we're really sorry but store policy all over the world is no refunds you can only get uh, an exchange and I said but there's nothing else he wants and this is a lot of money can I please just get my money back and they were like no but there's they, no refunds or you no just refunds. have to apply online because I'm sure that right. breaks right laws, so this is the it? thing so the only thing is if you buy it online right then they have to give you a refund within 28 days if you're not yeah. happy with it because that's, that's law, the online it? law yeah but uh, that online law does not cover in-store that's in-store policy is whatever they want it to be wow so there's me thinking I'm going to buy it in store because I want to support the local shops yeah and actually it doesn't help you out actually I could have bought it online I wouldn't even have had to get off my couch or drive to the city and park my car and pay for parking I could have just sat at home and it would have been delivered straight to my door for the same price and if I didn't want it I could just send it back you know this is a huge huge debate at the moment in the UK because um there's there's massive reports saying that high streets are just on the brink of collapsing because well, these things don't help it exactly this is the problem like you there needs to be something offered by these shops that is different to shopping online yes. and and if you're going to like mont blanc and you don't like have the guarantees yeah. of of being able to return stuff like what is like why would you not buy online exactly. you know what i mean it's mad. so another example is every time i've gone into marks and spencers in london with my mum they never ever have anything in either of our sizes so we ask them because that's what we like about a store you can go up to someone and say sorry i don't i can't find this can you help me every time they've said to us oh there's a bunch of computers over there for you to order online <laughs> so i've got in the car driven to marks and spencer's uh, yeah, yeah. To, to go on a computer yeah. when i have a laptop at home, at home. Yeah. yeah so tell me why i would go into a store exactly because uh, how how would you say we we could um, improve this. Yeah, yeah, improve this and and save our high streets from because uh, because that's what they so the government at the moment they're trying to come up with a a plan to save the high streets and and they don't know whether that means they need to pump in more money into the high streets. Right. So this or, is what I would say is is quite a good suggestion. I would say that there should be deals which are only available in store. That is fantastic. So it, only yeah. in store deals. So yeah, sure, you can buy online. But if you go in store, you might get an extra 20% off. Or you might get buy one, get one free. Maybe shops should do this just like as a... An experiment even. Yeah, or even like a yearly thing. You know, like um, Like, in the UK, you get student discount on things like ASOS all year round. Why don't you have it? So in store, you get 10% off all year round. But if you buy online, you don't. And it's simple as that. Because yeah. that would encourage you to go in. To get out. Because then I yeah. would pay I would pay a pound for parking. Like I'll probably end up saving like fifty quid if you're yeah. well, not fifty quid, five quid if you're spending like fifty quid. And the quid. thing is it's in their interest to do that because once you've got us in the store, we might buy something else. Yeah, exactly. So I think that they should do benefits that are only available in store. I've thought that for a long time and uh, I would like to see that happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's good. Yeah. So talking about like students and uh, and money and all that sort of stuff stuff um there was a thing that you you've uh, read that says millennials are on track to become rich and fame well, famous or just rich and wealthy and right so you've misquoted me oh no fake news <laughs> it's actually the question are millennials on track uh, to become the richest generation so 
baby boomers are so our parents generation are the wealthiest generation ever okay and then millennials should be poised to become rich through inheritance in theory right the principle is correct but the reality is much more complicated than that what they're saying is when baby boomers pass on their assets to the younger younger wealthier family members the problem is the the money value has decreased over time Um, it's not worth as much anymore not to mention we need a lot more to live well these days than you used to on top of that there's a longer life expectancy which means that we need more to live off and our parents are living longer as well so what they estimated could be an inheritance for us one day um, is being reduced to actually not very much and it's not substantial enough to kind of hold up this generation which was supposed to be wealthy through inheritance now that doesn't mean to say that we won't be wealthy for other reasons because obviously we are the generation of startups as well so through our own businesses through becoming entrepreneurs we could also become one of the wealthiest generations but stats are not looking good the economy is not looking good enough for our generation all over the world not just here in Europe um, it looks like we're actually going to go the opposite way to how it went with our parents really yeah that's it is it's a very interesting debate that because what, what like because at, at the moment I I am one of these people that I do think Millennials have it hard in terms of job satisfaction is down um, we also need more to be satisfied let's be yeah, honest like I understand like you need avocado toast for example yeah <laughs> we, I needed my avocado toast this morning yeah. but what I'm saying is with job satisfaction I think that let's just go back back maybe two generations maybe our grandparents generations Unfortunately and sadly for that generation, most women didn't actually get an education. The education that I'm I'm very pleased that I have received today. So their limits were the best job that they could get was a secretary or receptionist. And that was really the best job that they could get at that time. We've come so far, thank God, mm. that we can now have we have equal opportunities. But also, we have so many jobs open to us that we probably didn't even know about yeah. before. Like, do you think that your dad would have ever become a radio host? No, even if he had the not. even if he had the feeling yeah, yeah. of doing it. I, although saying that, I think because sometimes I think for me now, because I because I look back and you and you look at um, you look at some of the DJs out there at the moment and how they started out some of them got into radio so easily you know what I mean and sometimes I think like like it's been great obviously I've come over to Luxembourg and managed to get into radio but it, it was hard you know I was, I was working at a college for six months after university and I was, when I was at that college I was like I don't think I'm ever going to work in radio yeah. you know yeah. I, I was losing I was losing hope thankfully yeah. I didn't otherwise I wouldn't I, I probably would have just not ended yeah. up doing radio again and I think those particularly creative jobs are a lot harder to come across because I think they're in more demand yes. now and that's the we issue. have more options now yeah that's and, and, and I think as well like millennials maybe are like in the past if you if you got a really good job at a, at a bank that was really paid well you'd be like I've really made it and, and you'd you never be, leave exactly you just would not you would leave. work there for the rest of your life I remember what when we had um parents talks student parent talks where parents came in and spoke about their careers and these are really successful parents 
who would come in and say that they've had the same job for 10, 20 years and they would say, don't move. You know, when you get a good job, stay with it and you, you're on track, you know. Now it's like you should move job every year or every two it is, years, isn't it? Yeah. you know, to improve yourself. You know, I, like many, many people I know, really, that are even like my age they've all, they've already had one job after uni and they've moved to yeah. the next one you know what I mean and there's nothing wrong with that nowadays no, because, because that's what you need to do to survive yeah exactly and you need that experience I think and that's what employers are looking for mm-hmm. but um yeah, and I, I don't know, I, I think like in terms of how it's difficult for millennials, obviously with housing like prices, like just in Luxembourg, for example, getting yourself on, a, on the housing ladder as a, as a, as a young person hmm. is near impossible. When That's a European problem. Yeah, because yeah, it's a problem in the UK yeah, as well. It's the whole of Europe has this issue. But like, but like, for example, in Luxembourg, like I, <laughs> on the way to our uh, Christmas meal um, the other day, yesterday, um, I was looking. I stopped at an estate agent just to look at the price of the houses. The cheapest one there was six hundred thousand euros, yeah. and I was just, yeah. I was like, oh wow! Yeah. And like, you can get a flat. Like, I, I saw a flat there for three hundred thousand yeah. euros, and I think it was just one bedroom, and yeah. it was in the centre of the. It was in the centre, to be fair, but yeah. it just makes you think. Like, I, f- I feel like millennials have got a a lot more stress to deal with, um, but. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. But maybe I don't know. But we'll have to, we'll have to see in like yeah. a, in a couple of decades' time to see if they've turned out to be successful. But I, I like you say, I think there's just so much competition. It's for not the big looking jobs good, basically. From what the analysts say, it's not looking good for really. our generation. And the thing is, I think particularly is traditionally very. Um, it's a traditional thing to pass down your inheritance to your children isn't if it if you have it if yeah exactly is, do you think that's going to become less of a thing if if because I think as well with young people mm. more more of us I know me for example I'm I'm not the best at saving stuff I I want to enjoy myself as such or like you know if, on a weekend I'll go to I want to I want to try and go to different places in Europe mm-hmm. and experience that or a lot of young people obviously go tra- go traveling around like Southeast Asia and mm-hmm. Australia, spend a lot of money, but actually they want that experience. And uh, I don't know, I, I wonder if maybe we're too greedy that we will want to just spend it all on ourselves and we'll just say to our kids, look, you have to make I think your there, own, ha- there uh, has been the, kind, the growing... Um, the growing concept of not leaving money for your children yeah and you know you had to work for it so they should as well you know which is interesting because it's actually the opposite of what baby boomers are all about um but yeah i don't know they're saying that it's not looking good but anyway we just got to keep grafting yeah keep grafting yeah um next topic uh okay so this has actually bothered me for a while because i get really scared watching like crime and murder things yeah and it seems to me that every series that we watch or that is available is either a thriller or a crime or true crime it's all scary related it's all horror related the last few years it's just dominated hasn't it i've noticed that as well so um there was an article about how we became how we got hooked to kind of grisly real-life murders and unsolved crimes and why this has taken such a surge in recent years across TV and also in podcasts. Like, why are we so obsessed with it? And generally, what the article is saying, it's a very well-written article and it kind of goes into all the different 
um, iconic uh, things that we've been watching. So Netflix is making a murder is obviously one of them. The People versus O.J. Simpson, American Crime Story, that's another one. Um, and one of the arguments for it is that we feel more peace. So we feel that kind of really good satisfaction when we figure out why someone did what they did. Okay. So, for example, if I tell you about a guy who ran into this cap coffee shop, um, stole a bunch of stuff and smacked everyone around the head and injured loads of people, you'd be like, what? But then if I told you that story and said, okay, this guy escaped a mental asylum, came here and did that, um, and he's been mental since he was three, then there is a satisfaction in knowing why he did what he did. Yeah, so you feel more at ease, I guess. Yeah, so yeah. we've become hooked on that feeling. That's, that releases endorphins. That feeling really? of solving something makes you feel like, oh, I got it, I feel better now. Because uh, really, with a lot of them, you're... <laughs> it's a bit sick, I, isn't it? Yeah, but sometimes I'm using my own detective skills, like when I'm watching something considering I don't have any evidence in front of me I'm just watching what I'm and then at the end of an episode I'm like from your couch yeah and I'm like oh I'm like Stephen Avery definitely didn't do this and all this sort of stuff and and you're but I don't know and then then you want to watch the next one don't you 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 are absolutely gripped by it it's interesting this um, topic there was another uh, article I saw a couple weeks ago or like a few days ago whenever it was about the fact that we actually don't mind spoilers nowadays Yes, people, which is interesting, isn't it? I do. You know what? Yeah, but like you say that. For example, a lot okay. of true crime, like making a murder, for example. Yeah. Actually, like before I watched the second season, yeah. I I know I knew what what Stephen what Airy's current situation was. I knew he was still in prison, but so you, you still so you to know, watch it, and that's kind of like a spoiler. Yeah, yeah you want to watch it because you want to know well, what's happened in the time because you don't necessarily hear about and you don't hear it from the man himself or you don't hear it from his lawyers. You just hear news headlines, Stephen Avery, you know, um, doesn't manage to, or do- doesn't appeal, whatever, whatever. Um, but yeah, sometimes, and sometimes, you know, it's even like, um, <laughs> I'm really annoyed actually because I didn't, obviously I missed I'm a Celebrity last night. Uh, I'm a Celebrity, get me out of here. And I went on Twitter as soon as I woke up. The highlight was and leaves the jungle and i'm just like oh, flip's sake but, you'll but still i will watch still watch it, it. yeah, yeah i will still, still watch it, it. whereas so true. probably a couple of years ago i'd be like oh what's the point of watching now that i know who's come out but i i don't I know find that's so interesting yeah it used to be a huge thing didn't it yeah and it's like people will read book reviews before reading the book yeah it's it is it's become it has become a bigger thing and i think um I think well, may, maybe for TV shows like where where there's a result, maybe like like the Bake Off, for example, people get really annoyed when there's yeah. spoilers of the Bake Off because you you want, I, I don't know, I guess you want to see the result for yourself. Um, but yeah, like. So one of the other things that they say why we like to watch kind of grim things so much is that people have always been a bit grim in general. Yeah. Like the human mind has always been a bit grim. For example, people used to go and watch public executions. Yeah. That's weird. It is Why weird. would you want to go and watch someone's head get chopped off? It is off? weird, isn't it? It makes no sense. But people had a kind of satisfaction in knowing that somebody doing bad was going to yeah. be brutally murdered in front of them yeah. and there was no way they would be, be coming back. Did, yeah. 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 No, yeah, it's, it's weird because I, I, I am a 
you know, I'm obsessed with true crime drama. Yeah. And, uh, and and thrillers and even horror movies as well. But I do. If I was to see it in real life, I could not. Wa- I I would like to think I could not watch it. I cannot watch it. I don't know, you know. I think that because of the way the human mind is built, you probably could. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah. Um, Well, we have to wrap it up there. Uh, 48 minutes. It's it's a good one. Um, So, we'll be back next week, won't we? we'll be back next um, week. And hopefully Sam will be with us then. Um, Do send us any topics or anything you want us to discuss. Um, you can email us at marina at rcityradio.com or elliot at rcityradio.com. Yeah, lovely job, and make sure you leave us a review. I don't think we've said this in the last couple of I feel like you episodes. say that in like a really seductive voice. You're like make really sure. trying to seduce it. You're like, mate, it's that, a- it's that a- AS- a- ASMR. A- it's yeah, like, yeah. make sure you listen. Okay, creepy and now. Subscribe. Creepy. And leave us a five star rating. Creepy. I might actually get into ASMR. What do you mean you might get into it? I feel like because you either are you or need, you're not. All you need is like a microphone, oh, sit in, sit in a room. Yeah, and I'll be like, hey, imagine I'm tickling your head. Oh, God. <laughs> Have you watched the woman who is a soap cutter? No, I'm sorry. Okay, so this, I, I'll send you the video after this. A soap cutter? So she's a, her job, well, I don't know if it's a job. I think it's more like a hobby, but somehow she, I think she must be getting paid for this. She has an Instagram account where she cuts soap. Oh. And, um, is it one of these oddly satisfying things? Yes. And when she first started doing it, she did it like, but just because she thought that it looked nice. And then she had people like requesting specific soaps, people sending her oh soaps my to, God. to cut. And people were saying that it's so mesmerizing. And she was saying that she's not into ASNR. She just thinks visually it looks great. But people actually love the sound of it so much that if she's breathing down the mic they tell her to move away it, it feels I can't listen to it I've told you already I tried and I can't but ha- you need to watch this though yeah I will have apparently to. it's apparently it's really really satisfying I want to give our listeners um, the Instagram account in case they want to look oh here it is it's asmr.soapqueen on Instagram so check that out um, it's got 160,000 followers and I know that she buys a new soap every day and cuts it up and cuts it up in all different ways and the point how is how many followers? 160,000 jeez actually oh we can't get the audio otherwise I would definitely show you the sound of it uh, oh yeah. oh no I don't like that so people really enjoy that and she's saying herself she's like I don't really get what people love about it but I'll do it if it gets attention how strange you know because it, it comes up on my snapchat quite a lot there's a channel that's like oddly satisfying yeah um, sometimes I watch it and like some of it is quite weirdly satisfying but some of it just makes me feel uncomfortable I don't know what it is it just like it sends me a shiver down my spine Ooh. it's like uncom- so uncomfortable but anyway um, you know Leaving on a nice note. Yes. There we are. So, uh, make sure you listen next Friday. I'm so sorry about Elliot, guys. I'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.